Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 633. The secret to any promoter is not did you get them to attend your event. It's did you deliver an experience that they will buy again. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost jump starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jay Howard. Jay, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Great to have you here. Jay Howard is the founder and president of JHE Production, one of the nation's premier event and corporate meeting production companies. Founded in 1987, JHE Production handles Fortune 500 company events for brands including Sprint, Coca-Cola, Bank of America, Ford, Chevrolet, NASCAR, IndyCar, and major sports teams. Jay is also the director of the Pinehurst Concord Elegance that takes place in April each year in North Carolina at the iconic Pinehurst Golf Course. JHE has received numerous awards and distinctions for their business achievements and in 2016, they were acquired by CSM, a global leader in sports entertainment. So, Jay, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, my uh, my automotive crossings began in 1981 at the end of my freshman year of college. My uh, father called before I left for spring. This was way before cell phones, so you had to actually make a phone call from a hard line <laughs> at your dorm. Yep. And uh, he said uh, he had seen Mr. Wheeler, who uh, was, uh, as many folks know, the president of Charlotte Motor Speedway, had seen him and that uh, Humpy was looking for a, a runner for his race week. And I simply asked my dad if I, if he was okay with me doing that, because that was one less week that summer I was going to need to work construction, mm-hmm. which I was perfectly good with. And uh, so I came home from school and uh, went out and spent a week at the racetrack and was his sort of personal assistant gopher. And uh, I did that every week uh, or every event that they had uh, through college. I worked there for Mr. Wheeler and went to work for him full-time out of college and ran Performance Racing Network, uh, the network that they owned that broadcast their races. Mm -hmm. Did a little bit of radio work. And uh, then they also loaded their entertainment programming on top of me. And uh, after three years of, of that, I left, started my own company, made him my first client, 
but it was seven years, I think, not, not until 1995 that I or 96 that I had an employee. Wow. So went a long time as a as a one person shop. Worked for NFL teams, worked for hockey clubs, arena football, uh, any event that we could produce, I would do that. But I would have to do it with contractors and and friends and volunteers. Sure. And uh, once we started getting to becoming a real business with employees, uh, we took we we grew from there and uh, now have uh, around 90 full-time folks working out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and Nashville, Tennessee. Wow, nice. Now, what was it like to work for Humpy Wheeler? That must have been really fun. Uh, It was a great learning experience. Great mentor, nice man, uh, and along with Bruton Smith, that uh, is the owner of, or the majority owner of SMI, the parent company that owns Charlotte Motor Speedway and a number of other uh, significant racetracks around the U.S. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to learn, and uh, fortunately, I was you know young enough to take all that in and and hopefully use a little bit of of what they taught me as I continued to stay one way or another involved with motorsports, and we still are. Very cool, great, great story, great success. Congratulations. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Jay, take the wheel. I would give you a couple. One is you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> yes. And two is is, is our, our operating procedure as a company is people, product, profit. Get your people right, you'll get your product right. Get your product right, you'll have an opportunity to be profitable. Not a guarantee, but you're, at least you're going to have an opportunity if you've got good people producing a great product for clients. And and uh, they say that in the uh, in the in the restaurant business or anything else, lines make lines. Uh, well, great events create opportunities for great events. Now, being in the event industry is a very unique and niche-oriented field. So, how have you incorporated those two sayings into your business and your success? Well, you don't know what you don't know. It just keeps your eyes open and makes you, you know, be able to admit to to yourself that you're 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 not an expert in that field, especially if you just got there. Mm. People, I mean, our our culture here at our company, uh, culture is real simple. It just states people first. Very important. Anyone that's primarily in a service based business, that service is going to come from a person, and uh, you just got to get the right people in the right seat on the bus. Yeah, absolutely. I had Emily Miller on the show not too long ago, and she put on an event that's actually taking place right now as we're recording this, a Re- uh, Rebel Rally, and it's an all-women's rally, 1,200-mile rally through the desert. And she talks a lot about that. She runs a lot of events around the country, motorsports events and things, and, and yeah, and the importance of having strong people. And uh, I ran a company that had about 100 employees as well. I understand that all too well. Uh, it's a couple weak links that can really challenge everybody in the firm. So great quotes. I like those. Would you go back in time a little bit and share with us a story that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were a car guy? I think when I came home from working the Speedway, which I had never been a race fan, but it's one thing to attend an event. It's another to be in an event. And the uh, point of view that I was afforded from Mr. Wheeler and Mr. Smith was I was allowed to be in the event. Mm. And the thing that drove that event were race cars uh and the race drivers and the teams and the and the and everybody it took to put on an event like that so it was a it was an eye opening experience for me it it made me understand that I was a fan of events and 
primarily the events that I've always had the opportunity to be a part of involve cars. Yeah, absolutely. We've been able to marry those two together. So not just a car guy. I'm not just an event guy. We've we've got an event production business that was born out of cars. That was when you were in college. So that was kind of late to be uh, really getting embraced in the car culture. But what was it about being around that racetrack that uh, got you so excited? I think anytime you're – if you're in the middle of auto racing – Right before the event and when the event begins, there's an electricity that's hard to explain. I think if uh, there's people that that drives, and I happen to be one of them, and if you're in the event business, uh, whether it's got to do with, with, with cars or not, you have to be wired accordingly to understand that you're going you're gonna to go and, and do business with your customer and, at times not between Monday, Friday, 9 to 5. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The hospitality industry, which race cars and, and races are, are one of them, they all happen off hours because that's when your customer is available. Yeah. And you've got to be wired for that to uh, you really get your adrenaline going. And you have to still get chill bumps when one goes well. And I tell <laughs> people, I quit getting chill bumps is the day I need to quit. <laughs> Very nice. I've been a car fanatic my whole life. My wife who she's stuck by my side for 33 years now, is not really into cars. But I'll tell you, the first time I took her to a race, she changed. She said, you know, watching it on TV is so boring, but being here, oh my gosh, this is really exciting. So I figured out, well, that's a way I could kind of incorporate her into my life until I took her to the first race I was racing in. And then her whole perspective changed a little bit. She didn't like it at all. So yeah, she decides to stay home, but I understand there's nothing like being at a racetrack. Well, Jay, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've been in business for a long time. You built a very successful business, went through an acquisition, which is very cool. Congratulations for that. But I'd love for you to go back in time and share a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. But of course, the most important part of sharing these situations is what did it teach you and how did you come out of it? Oh, gosh. Well, you knock on wood, we haven't had a lot of failures here. We've just had some challenges Um, and not necessarily around cars. I got hired to run game operations for the local hockey club and sat down uh, between the penalty timekeeper and the announcer and alongside the the score clock operator. And uh, first night of a game, three days after agreeing to run the operation, and I didn't know a thing about hockey. Oh, goodness. And I mean, I had no idea what the referee was talking about. And uh, we run a street festival here in uh, Charlotte called Speed Street. We've run it since 1996. And uh, I took it over 75 days out from the second event of, this, of, the, of the year two, mm-hmm. 75 days in front of their event. Their staff quit. They called me and asked me if I would take it over. I didn't go the first year, so I didn't know what it was. But, of course, I said, yes, of course I can do that. So there's two event stories where I, no kidding, walked into a, an event blind. Wow. I think that uh, every entrepreneur has events that they have walked into where you could make a pretty good argument they were not qualified to manage it. Mm-hmm. And you either survive it or you don't. You know, every entrepreneur has had many days where they just winged it. And it's just, I think it's part of the entrepreneurial path. How many of those can you survive? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, they'll make you stronger if they don't kill you, to use a very old slogan. But what's a great takeaway you could share with maybe one of those listeners out there that might be getting involved in something like this? Because 
So many of us get these opportunities presented to us, and we don't want to say no, but we know we've never done them before. We question ourselves. We have a little bit of that imposter syndrome going on. But what's some advice you can give to those listeners out there that have these opportunities presented to them? How do they just step into it and do it? What kind of suggestion would you give to them to give them the confidence to give it a try? I've always been a numbers person and a math person, and I would at, at, at every chance on an on an opportunity that I was not comfortable in, I would try to reduce it to a math equation. How can I make this about numbers? Because numbers don't require a whole lot of interpretation. Mm. So whether it's drawing a scale model or uh, or doing a CAD drawing or creating a minute by minute line item uh, spreadsheet, is I tried to get it as Analytical. I wanted to go with uh, an analytical approach as quick as I could. Doesn't apply all the time. You know, if it's a brand new, uh, if it was the Concord, then I was going to first thing I was going to do is try to create a budget and see what it's going to cost to do it, and then try to make a realistic opinion on well, could that amount of money be raised to pay it? Because you're not going to get it produced for less than this amount. Hmm. And from an interactive standpoint, find some people and ask them a lot of questions. <laughs> yes, very very important. That's. Uh... A big helpful. I've had a lot of Concord directors on the show here. In fact, the show that played today, Bill Warner is on the show today um, with Tom Carter. They just produced a book about Cuba's car culture. But I had Bill on last year to talk about the Amelia Island Concord, of course. And I've had probably a two or three dozen Concord directors ever since. So uh, yeah, those are huge challenges in and of themselves. Well, that's great advice. Uh, taking it down to the numbers. Very important in business for sure. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's one of those times when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new path to go down. Tell us about your business aha moment and the steps you took to turn that into a success. I don't know, I think my our aha moment was when I when we got the presented the opportunity to run that festival mm. because that street festival in Charlotte was the single switch that allowed me to have an employee and. It was probably more than I could handle at the time, but we survived it, and we still run that event today. We've done it 21 times. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And to put it in perspective, my son turned our, – our, our oldest – we have two children, and our, our son, uh, who is our oldest, he turned one on day one of the first street festival we produced. And in the midst of trying to bring trying to turn an event on that day with – uh, with no experience, I also had one of the vendor tents there on the street was a birthday party with my entire family for a one-year-old, which I got to spend about five minutes at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he turned 21 in May, so it's real easy to, to run a clock on, on that event. And I, I know we have produced as many of them as he's had birthdays. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. Well, taking on that first employee is such a big step for people and a challenging step. So Again, for those listeners out there that might be uh, starting to experience those growing pains, what's a, a word of wisdom you could offer a young entrepreneur about taking on a first employee? Well, I think Jim Collins said it best. Mm, good to great. Get them on the bus and then figure out where they sit. Now, when you've only got you and one other on the bus, you're going to sit in a lot of different seats. Yeah. But as you get your second and third and fourth and fifth employee, um, I think employee number three is still here. Employee number four is still here. Wow. So uh, we've got guitars hanging on the wall here that we, we hang a guitar every time somebody celebrates their 10th anniversary. And I think we've got 15 guitars on the wall. Oh, my gosh. Now, wh why guitars? What started that? 
our most seen event of the year is the pre-race concert for the Daytona 500 that's live on Fox. Ah, okay. Nice. And we have a li- our, our live show division and our, is our most mature and is the benchmark division of the company. And that's everything that you see and hear on a racetrack that happens prior to the race beginning at every NASCAR and every IndyCar track in the U.S. Wow. Very cool. That's a, a, a great memory um, item to hang those on the wall uh, and a great story that you just shared, too, for people as well. I assume people that come through your office the same way. So again, congratulations. That's a huge testament to the kind of company that you run for sure to keep people there for that long. And speaking about great accomplishments, I'd love for you to share a proudest career moment. I would assume you've had many with all these events you put on. You've got to kind of wipe your brow at the end and go, wow, we did that again. But is there one that stands out for you? I think the proudest event that we created was we ran the NASCAR pit crew championship in the Hornets Arena in downtown Charlotte for about eight years. And we wrote the competition, produced it, marketed it, built all the props, officiated the game, choreographed it for television, developed the timing and scoring, and got every, you know, there was 24 pit crews from NASCAR participating and were able to come up with a concept that all of those guys did not completely tear apart when they read it. And it was NASCAR's answer to the NBA slam dunk and Major League Baseball's home run derby. Wow. And to bring an event out of the ground, and the last two years we did it, we sold the arena out uh, and even had fans of the Charlotte Hornets. The president of the Hornets, Fred Whitfield, is still a big fan of that event. And that was truly start to finish. Oh, my gosh. That must have been an incredible uh, hair-raising event for you to stand there and walk into an arena like that and see it full of people. Wow. Well, and the, the first one we did was no no different than that first hockey game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, di- we didn't know what we were doing. You do now. <laughs> Very nice. We had an idea and and uh, felt like we could pull it off, and fortunately we did. Yeah, congratulations again. Very nice. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. I'd love for you to share your first really special car and maybe a memory you have with that vehicle. Um, well, I just had cars up until maybe seven or eight years ago the first the first let's 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 phrase it this way the first unnecessary car <laughs> that i ever had was an 07 c4s uh porsche nice and i had it until both of my kids turned 16 and once they were 16 and hit the homeowner's policy the insurance on that c4s got a little obnoxious uh. for something i was putting 12 to 1500 miles a year on so yeah i let that go away for a while and that's when i realized that's when i learned of this thing called haggerty <laughs> and if you go buy an old car the insurance is number one the insurance is better number two if you buy the right car it's going to appreciate right yeah so i figured that was a much better if you're only going to if you're going to put just a few miles a year on a car then uh I told a friend that go get something that's fun at the speed limit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, McKeel Haggerty's been a longtime friend and a guest here on Cars. Yeah, he's insured many of my collector cars over the past. Great company. Great way to go if you have a collector car and if you have teenagers in the house because you can separate those two things, unlike your normal car policy where they don't let you do that. Yeah, I lived through those years as well. I understand. How about a vehicle that you've owned that you let go? Is there one that isn't in your garage anymore that you really wish was? A real good friend of mine in Texas that collects cars said he's never seen a car go down the driveway for sale that he did not regret a couple minutes later. So 
I have not sold a car in six years for that reason. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> I've always seen those cars drive away and looked at my wife and said, I saved it for that guy? I should have driven that thing more. I understand. Well, you're a smart guy. Hang on to him. Well, let's talk a little bit about today and tomorrow. I know the Pinehurst Concord Elegance is a spectacular event. I believe 2016 was the fourth year for that event. Am I right? It was. We've done it four times. So tell us a little bit about what has you excited and fired up for next year's. It takes place every April, I believe. What we can expect. And for people that haven't had the pleasure of attending the event, why they should put it on their calendars. Well, it's easy to clock our event based on uh, it's Kentucky Derby Saturday. Mm -hmm. So it's the first Saturday in May, but last year it was the last Saturday in April because Mother's Day was the first weekend in May, and no one should ever try to promote an event weekend uh, against Mother's Day. So <laughs> no, we, we moved into April last year. This year, Mother's Day is the second weekend in May like it normally is, and so we're back on the first Saturday in May, same as the Kentucky Derby, and the event's four years old. We had it on a Sunday the first two years, which so many concours are traditionally held on a Sunday, and year one to year two, we did not see the, the growth that I was expecting or hoping for, so we made a couple changes. We moved the event to a Saturday, and we added a concert actually on the golf course uh, with full production, and included that in the ticket. Wow. And we tripled our gate from year two to year oh, three. Oh, nice. Uh, we had Three Dog Night play a show. Oh, cool. And all of, a, all of a sudden, we were talking to multiple audiences, because I think it's very, very difficult to bring an event out of the ground today if you're talking to one set of people. Mm -hmm. And by bringing, and we also took our cars and coffee that was on Saturday. We moved it over onto one fairway. We ran the concours on another fairway. We've got a really, really friendly venue. Uh, you can see the entire show field as soon as you walk in. And by adding the concert, that was three groups we were talking to. Then this year we added a 5K where you could go run the 5K and come right out of the 5K, and that included access to the event. And Going three years, then four years old. On year four, we had the Commodores play the show that afternoon. We had um, all three previous best in, uh, best of shows bring their cars back. So we had a nice little foursome picture in front of the hotel that day with all four uh, best of show cars from the history of the event. And you know, to be only four years old, we had a lot of history going by then. And uh, again, we're hopefully if people come to the concert and discover a concours, that's terrific. If people come to a concours and all of a sudden figure out, wow, this was more than I ex expected. Mm -hmm. Because the secret to any promoter is not did you get them to attend your event. It's did you deliver an experience that they will buy again. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. It's real simple. Yeah, create a repeat customer. And I want them to, want, I want them to know that first weekend, first Saturday in May, I'm going to be in Pinehurst. That's a great event. That's uh, that's what we owe the customer. Well, it sounds like you delivered. So it sounds like an absolutely spectacular event. I'll make sure the listeners also know that we'll have a link to your event on your show notes page here at CarsYeah.com so people can find it really easy. But that's Pinehurst Concord de Elegance. Sounds like a really, really extra special event, something very unique as well. Here's a very introspective question for you, Jay. If you were a car, what kind of car would Jay be and why? Well, I'm a Porsche 911 fan, so I'm I'm assuming I would need to be one of those. I, I think <laughs> okay. I think it's uh, 
it checks the cool and the dependable box. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that worked for you quite well. Well, Jay, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah, sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Jay, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't drive above your ability. (laughs) Yes, very important. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Find great people and take care of them. (laughs) There's a a repeated idea there. I like that. Now, how about a resource? There's great resources out there these days, but is there one or maybe two that you really like? Well, the best resource, honestly, that I've had through my career is I've had an entrepreneur coach for 15 years. Mm, Nice. So find a good mentor and listen. Ah, very smart. Now, would you share a book that you've read? I know you mentioned Jim Collins, Good to Great, a book that I'm very fond of. Is there a book that the Cars Yeah listeners should enjoy that you've enjoyed as well? I mean, I, you can't go wrong with, with Jim Collins, especially if you're a, a small business person. Look, I bought that book for both my kids when they went off to college to read, and it still sits on their shelves. Uh, 
was a great help to me in the years that I was working in a different company. So a uh, fantastic book. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources on Jay's show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Jay Howard. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the past 632 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. All right, Jay, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price. I'm going to buy that car for you today. What would it be and why? A Speedster. Speedster. Which Speedster? Oh, the 356 Speedster. Okay. From the late 50s. Uh, I think they were 55 to 58. A friend of mine owns one up in the North Carolina mountains, and he allowed me to drive it on the Blue Ridge Parkway early one Sunday morning, and that's just a piece of art. Well, you picked another car that's on my bucket list. Oh my gosh, those cars have gotten expensive, that's for sure. So this is going to cost me a pretty penny. But let's say we were picking a 58, because that's my favorite year, the last year they built those. What color would you like yours to be? It would not matter. <laughs> Any color at all. Okay. No, it would not matter. I would be much more, as as anyone getting a car like that, I'd be much more uh, much more worried about the condition uh, than I would the color. And okay. I would not change the color. But, I mean, when they've been restored, when they've been restored well, they're just gorgeous, and money money is an object on a car like that, and that's why I don't have one yet. <laughs> they, they've become just unobtainium, which is really a shame, but, well, you know what? John Wilhoyt's been a guest here. He built a car for me once. He builds fantastic restorations of Porsche 356s. I think I could give him a call. We could find you one, and if not, we could find one that he could restore to perfection because the quality of work he does down there in Long Beach is absolutely spectacular, so... uh Wow, you picked a nice car, a car after my heart. I'm going to have fun finding one for you, Jay. You've taken me on an awesome ride today, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you, more about the Pinehurst Concorde d'Elegance, and your passion for cars and your business. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yacht listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head off into the Blue Ridge Mountains in that Porsche 356? No matter what you try to do in life, be passionate about it. Uh, bring passion to work. Try to find a job that uh, doesn't feel like work, and uh, and success will find you. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company and the Pinehurst Concours? Two websites for the Concours is www.pinehurstconcours.com. And for our day job, www.gojhe.com. Awesome. Well, listeners, again, you can find those links on Jay's show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Jay in the search bar. That page will pop up with links. I would encourage you to try to put onto your calendar for Pinehurst next year. I think you're going to really love going to this concourse. Sounds like a spectacular event. Jay, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Carsyad listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.